but that to be heavenly effective through earthly relevance is a statement meant to encourage the believers in this church to live a Christian life of earthly relevance that will create a heavenly effective result. We kind of talked about it this morning already a little bit in some of our prayer time. And, you know, folks, we really are eternal beings. And we so often get wrapped up in our temporary that that becomes our biggest focus. And we lose track of why we're really here. Or we lose track of the things that are really important because we get so wrapped up and caught up in our daily lives. And it's not that our daily lives aren't important, because they are. They really are. I mean, you have bills to pay. You have school to go to. You have jobs to go to. We have things to do, and they're very important. But they really become most important when we keep them in perspective of eternal light. When we understand the significance of the eternal, our day-to-day activities become even more important. Because what we do really makes a difference. It really makes a difference, not just for today. In fact, it makes more of a difference in 10,000 years, as Scott talked about, than it does in a year. Because I will be judged on what I do today forever. Do you understand that? Do you see the significance of that? It's not just getting through this week. It's not just getting to the next payday. It's not just getting out of high school. It's not just getting out of college or getting married or having that first child or that grandchild. As important as those things are, those are all temporary and those will all pass in the good and the bad. They will all pass. So what's really important then is when I measure what I do today and I look at that from an eternal perspective, what am I, what am I sowing and that what am I going to reap? Not just this week, but in 10,000 years. In 10,000 years. Imagine that. When I can understand that, it makes my life relevant. The, the beautiful thing of these four words, the way they go together, heavenly effective through earthly relevance, they are just perfectly fit together because heavenly effective doesn't work unless you're earthly relevant. If you are so weird, and we can get weird that we don't become relevant, We're not out to be weird people. Yes, the Bible says we are a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. But that doesn't make us weird. And so many times we get afraid of that weirdness that we then fall away or don't draw in to Godness because we're afraid of the weirdness. Am I I making any sense to anybody? Does anybody feel that? If you really want to be godly, You won't be weird. You won't be weird. Now, your neighbor may not appreciate you sometimes, and your friends may laugh at you sometimes, and you may not be the most popular kid in school because you don't drink or because you don't have sexual relationships, because you don't uh, cheat on the job, because you don't go out and carouse at night with the boys or the girls. 
because you live a pure and holy life, that does not make you weird when you live a holy life. Weird comes when people get out of whack. And there are a bunch of wackos in this life. I understand that. And that's part of the problem that we've had with church is because we've had enough wackos that give all of us a bad name. But we're not into wackos. We're into holy. And you know what? When those kids tease you at school for not being the person that they are, you know what they're really saying? I want to be like you, but I don't know how. I want to be like you. I don't want to wake up in the next morning with a hangover. I don't want to wake up guilty. I don't want to have to sneak into my home with a late curfew trying to sneak in and not wake up my parents. See, that sounds like fun for a while. But in reality, they really don't want to do that. What In reality, they'd like to be strong like you. So be strong in your example. Be strong on the job. Be strong in your marriage. Be strong with your own convictions. Because what that's doing, it's, it's making you a light in a dark world. It's making you salt that hasn't lost its saltiness, that is refreshing to a dark and dying world. And that's what it is to be earthly relevant. Heaven as we've talked before many times, and we'll say it again many times, heaven is not our default destination. Heaven is not the place you're going to go when you die just because you're a good person. The only way you get to heaven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The only way you get into those pearly gates is when they look at you and say, yeah, I know you. I know you because there's blood all over you, and that blood is the blood of Jesus. That's how you get to heaven. Now, on the other side of that, we have to talk about hell because hell is your default destination. Do you know that? If you don't do anything, be the good person you are. Be the good person you are. And if you do not do anything other than be a good person, hell is your default destination. And that's not because God wants to send you to hell. It's not because he's a mean God and it's not because he's an angry God. It's because he's a just God. And it's because he's a God that lives by his word. And that's the reality of life. So, heaven is that important. Heaven is the thing that we need to, to chase after. And we need to plan for heaven. If we go to some, there's a new, number of scriptures. Colossians 3.12. You got them on your, you, you have them there. 3, 1 through 2. You, re, you can read them. You can read along with me. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We are instructed to think about heaven. We are told to think about heaven. It is, an, it is a commandment to think about heaven. And then we're to work for it. The next scripture, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So we're to work for it. We're saved by grace. We're saved by the shed blood of Christ, and that's it. But once we're saved, we are given the task to work. We're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're to be earthly relevant through our work. 
We're to be effective as soul winning. We're to work. No different than Adam and Eve were commanded to work when they took hold of the Garden of Eden. They didn't come there on an on a on a, on a eternal vacation. They came to work the garden and to tend the garden. We're created as workers. That's the way we're created. And so we are to work in our life, in our holiness, in our salvation. We're, we're saved by grace, but then we work our way and we work in our life. And through that work, then, we're laying up treasures. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we're to think about it, heaven. We're to work for heaven. And then we're to get excited about heaven. Because as you get excited about heaven, you'll work for it. And you'll think about it. So maybe we should say we should get excited about heaven first. Because where your treasure is is where your heart is. And where your treasure is is where you're going to work for. If your treasure is not on earth or if your treasure is not in heaven, you're not going to work for heavenly things. You're going to work for earthly things because you'll work where your treasure is. Does anybody, um, can you ever think of any examples in your life where that's true? I know when I, I love to golf, and I used to golf a lot more than I do, and that, I used to think about golf a lot. I used to plan for it a lot, and I got really excited about it. And then the more I played it, the more I got excited about it. And it really was a good thing. Now, there's probably things in your life as well. So take that same thinking and apply that concept to heaven. And if I can get that excited about heaven then I will plan for it. And I will work for it. And I will get excited about it. And then when that happens, all of a sudden I have a new relevance about me. Because now, I, when I'm talking to my friends at the job, or at school, or family members, they see a whole new side of me because they see me to be heavenly effective. They see my eyes to be focused elsewhere. It doesn't mean it's not important what I'm doing today. It is important. But my focus is not here anymore because I'm excited about a treasure in heaven. Effective. Effective means producing a desired or a decided, decisive or desired effect or result. And it's being ready for service or action. Being effective means knowing what your role is and then doing it to the best that you can. 1 Corinthians 15:58. Therefore, my dear brother, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So to be effective, we must work. To be effective, we must work. You know, it's amazing. The Sunday school class today, even though it wasn't down to quarterly, we were supposed to teach because, well, the teacher didn't have enough guts to teach today's lesson. But... Uh, but we, we went back. See, if you guys would come to Sunday school, who wasn't in Sunday school today? Who was not in Sunday school? See, if you were in Sunday school today, you would have got the joke. But because you're not there, I'm not telling you the joke. Sorry. <laughs> well, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, pride. 
so many times we think that when we become effective, we get a little prideful uh, air about us, a little arrogance. As soon as, become, as, soon as, I, as soon as I think I do a good job, all of a sudden I have a tendency to let pride come in and say, ooh, you did a good job. That's not being effective. We need to keep our pride in check because the Lord searches the hearts. In Jeremiah 17:10, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. It's the way he's looking at our hearts. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about this church. It is about the Lord. And as he searches my heart, I want to make sure that what I do isn't discounted because of pride. Because you can do all the right things for the wrong motive. You can do all the right things with a look-at-me attitude. And you better get looked at pretty good because that's all you're going to get. So it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about how I can work effectively for God. How I can see everything I do through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes of a servant. Through the eyes of a person that just wants to please my Father in heaven. I want to have Jesus as my friend. Do you? And I want my friend to be proud of me. And I want to work hard for my friend because I want to please him. And I please him by being a hard worker. And I please him by being effective. And I please him by making sure that I recognize and I make it sure that my life recognizes that it's because of him that I even live at all. That I can even breathe at all. That I have any life at all. It's because of Jesus. Nothing to do with me. It's all Jesus. That is one of the keys of being earthly relevant. You have to understand that because people don't like to be around arrogant people. People don't like to be around people that want the credit. They don't want to be around a know-it-all. And we can, we can have that tendency as, as mature, spirit-filled Christians. It can be, look at me and let me live like me. And that's not what it's about. That is not relevant. That, it will turn people off. And that will chase people away. That will do just the opposite. So if you're going to be effective, put your pride away. Put your, your uh, ego away. Check it at the door. And then let Christ take full residence in your life. And then let him be the thing that you chase after. Let him be the thing that you run after. And when you do that, you have freedom. <laughs> you have the ability to get up and stand up and praise God and worship Him on the job, by yourself, at home, wherever you're at. So pride has to be in check. Relevance. The definition of rele relevance is to be practical and socially applicable. Be yourself. Be yourself. Don't be like somebody else. It's so tempting to want to be like um, your hero. You want to be like somebody that you look up to. You want to be like your friend. But listen, just be yourself. Why can we say that? 
You know why I can say that to you? Because Jesus made you just the way you are. He didn't make you like me. Too bad for you. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. I'm so sorry. Yeah, check the pride of the door. But he didn't make you like me, and he didn't make me like you. Thank goodness. (laughs) Scott, you said we could have fun in church. You told me that, and you told me that. All right. But he made us to be like ourselves. He made me to be personally just the way I am, and he made you just the way you are. And for that, we can laugh. And for that, we can have relationships. Because if you were all like me, you know what? We'd be boring because I'm a pretty boring guy. <laughs> I, I am not the life of the party. I know a lot of people that are. Sometimes it's fun to be around them, and sometimes it's not fun to be around them. But just be who you are. Be comfortable the way God made you to be. Be comfortable in the skin that you're in. Be comfortable in how you look. Be comfortable in your personality. Be comfortable in your skills. Because we all have individual skill sets that are a gift of God. Thank goodness Jeannie is a painter. She's a beautiful painter. I could never do that. No matter how hard I tried and no matter how long I tried, I would waste a lot of paint. And I would have wasted a lot of those sheets of plywood or whatever that was you put that on, hardboard, whatever it was. I would waste a lot of it. And I never would get that done. Because you're who you are. And you need to be just the way you are. Because God has got something just for you, Jeannie. And for you else, for Wayne, Riley, Margaret, Nancy, Nan, Janet, even Dougie and Mark. God's made you just the way you are. And because of that and for that, thank Him. That's a beautiful thing. And then when you become comfortable in who you are, now you are on the road to being earthly relevant. Now you're on the road to being effective with your friends because you're true and you're real and you're not fake and phony. The scripture tells us the importance of being earthly relevant and the importance of being putting another person's needs before our own as well. It never indicates that to be healthy, heavenly minded is to be earthly irresponsible. So many times we think that because we're going to go to heaven, we can be irresponsible in our life. The Bible never says that. The Bible never says I can, I can, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions. The Bible never says that I'm not accountable for what I do. Just because I'm going to heaven doesn't mean I can be a bum on earth. Doesn't mean I can uh, not pay my bills. Doesn't mean I can get away with, with things on earth because I have heaven. There's nothing, nothing that says about being irresponsible. It says we're to work. First Timothy chapter 6, 17-19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. That's the pride thing nor to put their hope in their wealth, it's obvious, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, 
who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The devil would want to confuse us so many times with what is life. Life is not the Miller High Life commercial. That's a beer commercial. That's all it is. It's a beer commercial. There's no life in Miller High Life. No more than there's life in a chunk of coal. The devil wants to get us confused as to what life is. Life is not earthly success. Life is not having a good checking account. Life is not being the most popular kid in school. Life is not being the most successful businessman. Truly having life is having it established on the firm foundation of your treasures in heaven. That's life. That's where we're going to enjoy life. We can enjoy it here, and we should, and we, and we need to. But true life, true happiness is not here. It's in the world to come. We're to work here. David Jeremiah says in his book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, that until Jesus comes back again to rapture us all away, or until our own individual lives are, are um, over, we as believers are to be busy in the interim period doing kingdom business. Our hands busy with the earth, our hearts occupied with heaven. What a great definition of heavenly effective through earthly relevance. Our hands busy with the earth, our hearts occupied with heaven. Jackie, if you'd come. I really hope that this mission statement becomes your personal revelation. As we talked about when we first talked about mission statements and vision statements, is that it's nice that a corporation has one because it kind of gives us all a direction where we're all going corporately. But, you know, you need to have your own personal vision statement. You need to have one that becomes relevant to you, that motivates you, that motivates your heart. Because we're only together a couple hours a week. And as soon as you walk out of this door, if this doesn't become your personal vision, then what is your personal vision? I'm trying to think of another one. Now, you don't have to use these words. You don't have to use heavenly effective to earthly relevance. But if heaven somehow is not in your vision statement then what are you chasing after? If somehow that doesn't come into your thoughts on a daily basis, a daily basis, not weekly, daily, heaven should come into your thoughts every day. Every day you should think about heaven. Do you think about money every day? Do you think about food every day? Yeah. Do you think about your wife every day? You better, if you're married. Or a husband? Yeah, you do. Those are good. But how much more important is heaven? There is a big 
philosophy gap here because the devil doesn't want us to. The devil doesn't want us to know. He doesn't want us to get excited about our future because as we talked about a few weeks ago, the devil has no future. His future is already sealed. His future is damnation. His future is burning in the pit of hell forever and ever and ever. All he can do is take your future. And that's exactly what he wants to do, young people. That's exactly what he wants to do, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. He wants to take your future and he wants to destroy you like he is going to be destroyed. This is a message for eternity. This is something that we can take with us and chew on it all week long. In fact, I hope you do. I hope you chew on it forever. I hope these words sink into your mind forever and as that picture is in that hallway forever, that you always look at the importance of heaven. Father, Lord, I commit this day into your hands today. Lord, this was a good day. This was a fun day. Lord, this was a day that people were ministered to. I was ministered today. I was ministered to today, Father. I felt your presence in my life. I was encouraged. I am encouraged. I am encouraged, and I'm excited about what this week holds. I'm excited about how I'm going to see you make yourself known to me this week. And I'm excited to hear about other people here in this church and in this community that have problems and have issues. And I'm excited to hear what you're going to do for them. So, Lord, I just pray that as we go today to our homes, that as we sing this last song that Jackie's going to put together somehow, some way, that we get excited about the future. And we get excited about what's going to happen as we walk out of this place. Because, Lord, it is worth it. You are worth it. You are worth chasing after. And even in my most depressing days and in my most discouraging days, I know that I know that you are my God. And my goal is heavenly. My goal is not this earth. My goal is to hear you say, well done, Mike. You did a good job. Well done. You did the best you could do. You weren't perfect. I understand that because I was perfect. I took your imperfection and I bore it on my life. I bore it on the cross for you. But I want you to tell me, Jesus, Mike, you did a good job. And I pray that that's the prayer of everyone that's in this room today. From the youngest to the oldest, that that becomes their mission. Well done. Well done. You did a good job. So, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our failures. And, Lord, let us walk with you today and this week. Let us walk with joy today and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control, meekness, and all the fruit of the Spirit. Let us walk in our spirit today. Lord, we commit this day now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jackie, let's sing a song as we go today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
altars are open. If you want to pray, come on down and pray. If you want to go, you're dismissed. We're just going to sing it a few more times. Hallelujah.